So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley, your host, and I am uh, super grateful that you are here joining today. The purpose of the podcast is to help you grow your business and your mindset. Uh, and, and listen, there's a few other places that I want to direct you to to continue to do this. And, and actually, the coolest thing about where I'm right about to direct you to right now is that you don't just have to hear my voice. You can actually talk to me and I can listen to you and I can hear your voice. And so head over to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash mastermind, S-I-X, sixfigurephotography.com forward slash mastermind. It's a free community that I'm active in uh, pretty much daily. And, uh, and, and we can continue these conversations and, and I can actually engage back with you. So please join me there. Uh, actually, someone who's in that group is one of today one of today's guests, as if there were multiple, <laughs> is today's guest, Carly Someplace. Carly Someplace is a boudoir photographer. Uh, she's normally, I, there's no like, she's not like a boudoir photographer out of California or a boudoir <laughs> photographer out of the Midwest. Carly Someplace, she is a boudoir photographer someplace. She, she's normally <laughs> traveling 10 months of the year doing, get this, you guys, listen up closely. This is a niche of a niche. She's doing destination boudoir work uh, in her recently gutted Airstream trailer. Now, listen, the whole pandemic has put a slow on things, but she's just got out to her first location here, uh, really of the year out in Portland. Um, she uh, she runs a, a, a Facebook community of, of actually clients, almost 6,000 deep called Someplace Boudoir and Glamour Group. Uh, where she fosters and cultivates uh, a community, uh, really of positivity that we're going to be getting into. And so today, you guys, is a really timely conversation to be had, it's, and it's 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 broad in its spectrum, and it's incredibly important. And and Carly has a, a, a number of experiences to be sharing across this. But we're going to be talking about censorship within the photography industry. And 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 how that actually does affect you, how how it how it should affect you, how how um, your own representation, how it's actually um, mm, let me put the uh, let me th- think of it this way, how it's actually um, well, let's just let's just get in with it with Carly because I, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to start I talking to, about it really, per- Carly. Perpetuating in business, I think, is probably yes. The there's the word how it's looking per- for. Thank you so much. Yeah. How it's perpetuated within our own businesses, how how we kind of find ourselves reflecting all that we're exposed to, right? Uh, and so that's what we're going to be talking about. Really, I think some big key takeaways from today is going to be even about um, uh, our own diversification within within our representation of our body of work, of our portfolio, um, even drawing attention to like um, like tokenism within that space, um, styled sessions and workshops and, um, uh, even potentially getting into the, the conversation around education, but I digress. Carly, all the things. thank you for being on the show. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Ben. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, we crossed paths 
When did we first cross paths, you and I? Was it at a conference? It was at a conference. So here's here's was a little tidbit for you. It was at United. So I had started yeah. listening to Six Figure Photography when I moved back to the United States from Australia, which is where I opened my business. Um, and I moved back in June of 2016. So almost I, I, literally next week, it's four years. Um, and then that November is when I went to United. And so I had started listening to the six figure photography podcast and then I met you and I 100% fangirled over you. I was like, Oh my God, that's Ben Hartley. (laughs) So yeah, that was almost, that was almost four years ago. Wow. That's awesome. And then you came out to the abundance workshop. You spent four days at my house. I did. Uh, That was rad. (laughs) That was so And then you popped off, man. Then now it's, (laughs) it's wild. You've been all over the place. I have have been a lot of places. That's correct. (laughs) So we have a lot to get into today, Carly. Um, I really do want to talk about um, censorship within the photography industry. However, I feel like I dropped some really interesting nuggets just about you <laughs> that I think need to be addressed a little bit yeah. um, before we get into some of your experiences that you've had. So um, listen, you you travel 10 months. Out of, is, is that correct? 10 months out of the year you're traveling? That's correct. It's it's sometimes borders around nine and a half, but you know. Okay, we'll- sure. <laughs> Listen, we're not going to split hairs here. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Because I currently travel one week out of the year. Yes. (laughs) No, a little bit more than that. But and you're doing destination boudoir. Now, tell me what? uh Huh? (laughs) (laughs) So um, I have been traveling. um, It pretty much feels like full time, um, mostly full time since. early 2013. I've mostly lived out of a suitcase. So I actually worked for a cruise line for two years and traveled the world with them. Um, And so this like wake up in a new place every day, um, be able to shoot in these uh, phenomenal destinations all around the world, literally every single day as my job. When I left that corporate life of that, um, because it was just not, (laughs) there were so many so many parts of it that I loved and so many parts that I was like, I can't do this anymore. So when I decided to leave my job on cruise ships, um, I was like, how can I take this and really turn the best parts of this, of going all of these places and still traveling this much and being able to shoot in all of these phenomenal destinations? And how can I turn that into my own business and what I do and still have it be you know, a, a somewhat sustainable life without burning myself out, without doing all of that stuff. Um, So pretty much from the second that I set foot back on normal ground, (laughs) um, I I moved to Australia later, like about a year later after I I left ships and that um, I was supposed to open my business with a business partner there. That didn't happen. She ended up leaving my business and it just left me to, to do it myself. Um, which probably is one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Um, but I was like, okay, I'm in a foreign country. I've already opened my business. Um, I was using some basic things to like get my business up and running. But I was at that point of essentially being hungry to work that I was like, I'll take anything anywhere. Mm. So at that point specifically, I was still shooting weddings. Um, and I was able to shoot weddings all over California, Oregon, and Washington because I could drive to them. And I was like, nothing's too far for me. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. Um, when I started really diving deeper into boudoir, because it was just something that made me so incredibly happy. It's so empowering for both me and for my clients. I was like, I think I can still do this travel thing. I think I can still make this happen. Um, and so with my Facebook group, which I know we'll talk about for a second for sure, but, um, with my Facebook group that kind of made it all possible. And so I started, being able to move towards um, all of these different destinations. And I started saying, hey, I'm coming here and I'm shooting boudoir sessions. And if it's a specialty place, we're going to be able to shoot in X location. For example, when I was in Maui this past year, I obviously shot beach boudoir sessions. So different things like that. And so each space has some of these like very beautiful and significant things that I'm going to um, and being able to use that as part of the location for boudoir and still have it be quite the like boudoir experience that one would be I mean, akin to having it in a studio anywhere. So I'm essentially taking my studio to other people. Um, (laughs) 
you mentioned my Airstream. That's a, a work in progress. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's come about, about in, it's been part of my my five-year plan for about the last year and a half um, is that I wanted to get an Airstream and completely gut and renovate it in order to then even further be able to bring my studio um, with me to places. So, Man. and then that gives me, it actually opens up a whole world of places that I can shoot that I wasn't really having access to otherwise. There's a lot of people who want to do an amazing session somewhere like near a national park or in a national park or different things like this. With my Airstream, that gives me the ability to have like a base in that location. Um, and then somebody can come there for me for hair and makeup. And then we can proceed to go out and do different things like that from there. Because there's so many more options that open up when I can literally take my studio anywhere. So that's kind of yeah. how that's kind of started and gotten rolling. Um, and then, and then it's just, it's grown, which has been so phenomenal and I'm so incredibly lucky. Um, and I've worked incredibly hard for it in order to be able to go all of these different places and do different types of shoots. Um, and as we see in so many ways, there is word of mouth referrals travel. So regardless of where you are, you then get word of mouth. So once I'm shooting a destination specifically, once I head back, I usually have more clientele because of whomever I shot there prior is talking about it, different things like that. So I'm creating all of these like mini destinations for myself that I can visit over and over and over again if I want to, or I can add new locations onto that. And I do have clients willing to travel or be in those locations. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. There's, um, there's, a uh, there's a guy who, uh, he's actually a Columbus guy. That's where I'm out of, mm -hmm. uh, Nick Francher, super awesome. Um, incredibly talented photographer, but he has um, a whole course. He's got a book on this concept of kind of like studio anywhere. He's, he's a big fan of like, um, very minimal lighting setups. Mm -hmm. There's a couple speed lights. does a lot of really interesting, creative gel work. Anyhow, I love this idea of like literally, like literally studio anywhere for you though. Like you yeah. just, you've, you've made a, you've made an Airstream into your studio and you can just drive it. Oh yeah. Anywhere. It's, I was actually it's, watching it's last night. It's not there night. yet, Ben. It's still in, it's still in construction. <laughs> <laughs> I was last, uh, last night, uh, my wife and I were watching. Renovation is no uh, joke. <laughs> <laughs> we're i was watching um queer eye for the straight guy last night mm -hmm. and the, on the episode i was watching they were um the individual they were working with she was uh like she took a uh, a camper and mm. turned it in, I, think, I, believe it, I believe it's a camper yeah and turned it into i don't know the exact terminology like is it an airstream is it a camper is it a trailer right. i don't know what it is um but turned it into like a mobile dog grooming yeah um, thing and she could just drive that. it anywhere she wanted and she could just offer like dog grooming right inside of her her vehicle yeah and uh very yeah it's just i'm just connecting dots is all <laughs> it's kind of cool i've seen yeah i've seen a couple of really cool mobile businesses i've seen like mobile barber shops i've seen i mean even mobile like retail stores and and yeah there's some differences between trailers so airstream is a very specific trailer very specific company um yes. and for me that was the aesthetic it's something that's also um when airstream built it it's supposed to be family friendly quote unquote not that i have a family but <laughs> um family friendly easy to tow um they're extremely lightweight which is why because they're made out of aluminum so they're not super heavy which means it can get a lot more places i don't have to have as much towing power etc so like for me those are all easier things and then the aesthetic of essentially that silver that silver facade is like, I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was, um, I did this, uh, um, I don't know what to call it. Like, I feel if I say like, I did this retreat, like this men's retreat, that sounds like a youth groupy type thing. It wasn't <laughs> that it was like this, this, uh, group of men who went out to Yosemite, a lot of just a trip. like, you did a trip. <laughs> I did a trip. Thank you. With a bunch of other dudes. Like, <laughs> like fathers, dads, business, who just like wanting to just like better themselves right just yeah. want it's called apex just wanting to like invest time and energy into into themselves and each other anyhow but it was awesome it was at this camp called this um what was it called the auto camp um mm -hmm. yosemite yep. auto camp yep and it, it was just like uh they everything was airstreams you just stayed in an airstream and yeah. it was the coolest they were so yeah. it was my auto, first experience auto actually camp being has in a one. couple different locations um and okay, their yeah. their original one is in guerneville <laughs> Yeah, in California. Um, and so and I've driven out there, my cousins used to live literally like right down the road. So I, oh my gosh, when they lived there, I was like, just graduating college. So what 21, 22, and saw that and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm in love with 
the Airstream. I've been a little bit obsessed since then, but now I finally yeah. have one. <laughs> oh, they're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I see the aesthetic. I see the appeal. It's it's yeah. like it, well, it's kind of like on brand. So I'm curious. Um, in terms of how you're pulling off traveling all over mm-hmm. and, and acquiring clients, is that the crux of your Facebook community, the Someplace yes, Boudoir and Glamour group? Is that how you're actually like generating leads? And uh, is that true? Yeah, that's 100% true. So um, my Facebook group started off pretty small. Um, it was essentially just a space for... Um, my clients to be able to share their boudoir images if they didn't have a significant other or a partner. And it's a very like transformative experience. Um, so for them, they wanted space to like kind of show themselves off. And I was like, great, when I'll, I'll create a safe space. So I did so. Um, and it went from like, you know, 60 members to like 150 members, then to like 350 members, then to 450 members. And then I ran a contest one day and it went from 450 members to 3,500 members in one day. What was like the contest? <laughs> I literally did you give away? What did you do? I gave away <laughs> I, I I gave away a session and five hundred dollars worth of studio credit. And That's that was it. it. Huh? That was it. And I Well, we're gonna need to bring people. you back on to talk about that. Your Facebook <laughs> yes. community traveling and uh and this contest you ran. Yeah. But uh so, well that yeah, will just, just tease from there. So um yeah. because people were adding in their friends, obviously, like you're not for the most part, everybody's not just friends with people in the specific town or in the specific place that they're in. If they went to uh, school out of state or if they went to, or they've moved and then they've somehow somehow met me through their move. Um, people have their own communities that are pretty widespread and Facebook is a great connector for that. So that's where people were adding their friends in. And then it was these further and further away places from where I was. Um, and people asking, oh my gosh, well, if you ever came to insert city name here. Um, and I was like, great, I'll come. Um, (laughs) they're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And so I started essentially setting things up. Um, and, and being like, yeah, I'll come. It's not a problem. These are the dates that I'm looking at. If you want to book a session, these are, you know, here's all of what I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera. And then they'd be like, oh my gosh, my girlfriends would be so interested in this. And then they'd add, that person specifically would add in their friends from that city um, and be able to, you know, go on and do all of those different things from there. So it kind of just continues to build itself in that capacity. Um, and any, like I said, anytime I visit a new city, I'm starting to put out the word of my name in that city as well. So, so that's kind of building and growing, but uh, 98% of my bookings come from my Facebook group. Um, and those I, this year, um, I've had to move things a little bit around, um, for having taken off two and a half months with, uh, COVID and everything, but the, um, I've, I believe I'm visiting 16 cities this year. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely bring you back. We'll definitely talk about this more. That's good stuff. (laughs) Some good stuff right there. Facebook groups are Facebook Facebook groups are powerful. They are. Um, okay. Yeah. We're gonna um, yeah, we're gonna earmark it. I want to talk about (laughs) censorship now. I want to get into the conversation that that I think it's incredibly important. And and maybe let's preface this a little bit because um, you know, uh I'd love to hear um, I'd love to hear some of your experiences, but I want to kind of ground this a little bit. Like there's, um, uh, there's been examples that we've seen right now going on. And this has probably been, I mean, I say probably, it certainly has been existing within the space. It's just oh, right now with the protests going on over the murder of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people are, are re- like, no one's willing to, to, to just sit, and take it anymore. And so as we're seeing different um, Facebook communities, uh, there's a few really large ones in particular that hold some really big annual competitions. Uh Um, Some pull in our industry for a little bit at least. Or did. Yeah, <laughs> and and we've seen there's been direct censorship, and this may be what I want to get to is like there's been mm-hmm. direct silencing of voices, both um, people of color, both uh, also just women, um, like literally direct, like deleting, muting, banning from the group just for expressing an idea or an opinion or mm-hmm. um, or a, a, a different 
uh, idea, different thought. And, and so, so there's this d- direct form that we've seen here kind of really explosively in the last few weeks, and I'm sure it's existed as well. And then there's, I think, this far more, um, hmm, how do I put it? It, 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 I think it's the um, it's the indirect censorship that's mm-hmm. uh, that's really prevalent, and 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 at least that's maybe my perspective of it. But I want to, I'd love to ask you know your thoughts on this, and maybe where you first um, uh, experienced that censorship, and then also you know you're not a person of color, and so maybe let's address that and where you've experienced a censorship and where you haven't. Is that fair? Yeah, that's absolutely fair. Um, yeah, I think, well, I 100% agree with you that specifically right now, there is a lot of censorship of voices, um, which is, oh God, hard to watch, brutal to watch, um, ridiculous. And I'm glad that people are getting called out on it. Um, (laughs) because it's, it is something like, um, there's so many, there's so many ways of censorship, um, and specifically in the photography industry and people like you were saying, just kind of covering things up and then quite literally like deleting people's comments or sweeping it under the rug or doing things like that to people of color or to women or to essentially anybody who has an opinion that's vastly different from theirs. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a whole can of worms, Ben. (laughs) Sure. And so maybe worms. specifically for you, where, um, wh- where have you experienced censorship, um, uh, personally, right? Yeah. Um, like, wh- does that make sense? Yeah. So for me, or, or maybe over what, or over yeah. what kind of subject matter or identity or representation? So I have experienced personally a ton of censorship around my body. Um, I essentially consider my body a tool in a lot of many ways, um, a lot of ways. And so for me, um, specifically because I shoot boudoir and I truly do believe that like all bodies are beautiful, um, and that all bodies deserve to, I don't want to say like have their space in the sun because that means like, you know, for a few minutes, JK, that's not what I want. I want perpetually everybody to, regardless of body type, to be seen as welcome in different communities and different things like this. Um, And a lot of this does come over to even skin tones and things like that. Like, I really do think that there's so much censorship in all of it. For me specifically, I see it around my body because I am, we'll say, not of an average size or or not of... Um, I am not the ideal standard of American beauty, and that is okay with me. Um, but it is my body has been censored in a lot of ways. I have been flagged specifically on Instagram posts and Facebook posts for um, sexual content or nudity, where I can then literally open my what is it my like find pay, or my homepage on Instagram and see a much smaller woman with um, either less clothing or no clothing doing almost the similar things that I'm doing in my image and their image is being promoted by Instagram. Their image is being, you know, has hundreds of thousands of likes regardless of if they're a big account or not. Um, And I see bodies like mine that, you know, exist and have fat and have stretch marks and have cellulite and have these other things being pushed down to the bottom because nobody wants to look at that quote unquote and, and things like this. And so that type of censorship over my body is, oh, it drives me crazy. Um, because truly I do believe that all sizes, all everything need to be seen because we all exist. Um, there's no, there's, it's not saying that I don't exist if you if you're going to push me down and push all of these things onto it. Um, so that's specifically where I've dealt with it the most is um, in platforms um, and other people's comments, policing my own body and uh, how I present it. Yeah. All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S. 
T.O. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982, and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, This is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, They make like like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, The really cool thing, too, is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, It gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. Do you remember when you started your photography business? Like it was no small feat. It took late nights. It took early mornings. It took the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since. So why not make things a little bit easier? Uh, Our friends at FreshBooks, they have the solution. So FreshBooks is invoicing and accounting software, and it is designed specifically for small business owners, not like massive shops, small business owners. It is simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized. Uh, well, then, uh, for me, it's, it's like the bottom drawer of like my Ikea furniture, but maybe you're like the shoebox kind of person with the crumbled receipts. Either way, with FreshBooks, you create and send professional-looking invoices in like 30 seconds tops, and then you get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. File expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time, which is my biggest downfall is that organization for tax time. And here's the best part. With FreshBooks, it grows alongside your business, so you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. So join the 24 million people who have used FreshBooks. There's a 30-day free trial. There's no catch. There's no credit card required. 30 days free. Go to freshbooks.com forward slash photography. Freshbooks.com forward slash photography and enter six-figure photography. And how did you hear about us? That's the little section there. How did you hear about us? Six-figure photography. You guys, at this point... Let's hop back to the show. So this type of censorship, direct or indirect, of of body types, of gender, of mm-hmm. people of color, how is this uh, affecting um, our own businesses in terms of like what we're being shown and then what we are then in turn showing? Yes. So... All of this censorship starts with very broad, overarching media. Um, stuff that we as photographers, I don't want to say aren't intrinsically connected to, but really it it does trickle down into what we are part of. So we see in the media, you open Vogue, you open any magazine, any fashion magazine, any anything, and you're going to see these thin white models with flat stomachs and, you know, cute little butts and perky boobs and all of these things. And so even outside of print media, um, on, in commercials and advertisements and billboards and Facebook ads and everything, these are the type of body types that you're seeing. This is what the media is feeding us quite literally constantly with little to no diversity, A, in body type, be in other areas of age and skin color um, and gender orientation and different things like that. Um, but And if they do have some representation within those other categories, it's usually still almost always the same body type in my experience. So these things are all filtered down through 
all the types of media um, and advertising that's aimed at us for anything. I saw a shoe ad the other day that's just like these beautiful sandals and they're on this like model with these long flowy legs. And I'm like, yeah, my legs do not look like that. <laughs> um, and therefore it's, it's, but it's, it's perpetual into everything that we do. In turn, that trickles down into our industry of the photography industry that we're seeing these am- examples from big advertising companies. And we understand that they're ads and we understand that what they're showing, and that's what we want to show in turn as well. Because if that ad is successful, quote unquote, and we're seeing it in Facebook or we're seeing it as a commercial or we're seeing it in Harper's Bazaar or any of those things, we're then saying, great, then this is the type of thing that I need to show in order to be catching attention because this is a successful ad. So that all kind of trickles down into how a lot of us, specifically, I I do shoot weddings as well as boudoir, but within the wedding side of my business and the wedding industry, a lot of that comes in as um, just being able to see those same bodies over and over and over and over again. Um, And then that comes down into the way that people proceed with styled shoots. They are using the same body types over and over again. Um, And usually then not addressing those other things such as skin tone, um, age, uh, sexual orientation of anybody. And so those ideals are then continued to perpetuate over and over and over again. Those are even from us, then are on styled shoots that then could get put onto Pinterest as inspiration for brides, as inspiration for clients, as inspiration for anything. And then that perpetuates this still like, this is the ideal of American beauty and this is what we're looking for. And this is what we want our clientele to look like. Um, and it, it comes across in all of our feeds in all of our pretty much anything that we put out there, because if we are participating in style shoots, if we are creating our own style shoots, if we are putting out there, um, we'll just say in that marketing sense of this is what we want to be shooting and showing, then those are going to be the clients that are going to want to come back to us are the ones who can identify with the images that we're putting out um, in some way. And usually it's going to be in that, you know, young, thin, Etc. Um, and yeah. that's that's gonna that's gonna continue to be that industry standard, quote unquote, of what you need to be producing um, and what your brides should look like. And I'm here to tell you that that is not what everybody looks like in any yeah. capacity. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, even as you say, you know, describe this. Like, I I've seen this in my own business, I've seen it, you know, in my early years, especially, you know, starting out trying to build this idea of what, you know, like I thought I had to create for like an ideal client. I got to keep attracting this certain look. And so I got to mm-hmm. keep putting this thing out. But, but what am I it was very uneducated? Like my, um, what am I putting out or what are these biases that I believe, you know, whether I've, I've been trained to believe them systematically or, or they're, they're there from right. who knows what, um, and, and so I know exactly what you're talking about. I've, I've yeah. been in that, I've been in that situation. I've been in that, that kind of mind space and, um, and, and I've been working out of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I say working cause it's a work. It's like a, it's it an ever work. present work to be, um, like to be vigilant, to be actually like in the work, I guess I should say, yeah. you know, and even as you describe this, it's, it's actually interesting that particular, uh, community that I mentioned that happens to run a contest each year. That's huge uh-huh. and massive. Uh-huh. When also in that, in just kind of along these lines, it's like that, that the work that is, um, that's submitted there. I, and I forget what this, the statistics were, but it's like in the nineties percent of, of exactly what you just described, um, of like thin white, um, people, right. And white. And and I, I can, I don't want to say add more generalization to that, but specifically within that contest, thin white of a Christian denomination and usually a straight couple. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so I'm, um, so I guess what, something I'd like to talk about is like, so, okay, wh- where do we go from here? It's like, what, what, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, because, uh, yeah, I guess, let's just leave it at that. You know, where do we go from there? Is it first just kind of like becoming aware? I really do think awareness is a huge thing. And I think that to some extent we're all 
kind of aware of it, um, at least in bodies, because so dealing with boudoir and there's a lot of boudoir photographers who I've spoken to and they're like, oh, well, you know, I love doing this for my clients. I love lifting them up. I would never do this for myself. I'm not worthy to be in front of the camera because I don't look like X, Y, Z. And it's that mentality that, so we as photographers, we don't necessarily always look like this persona per se that we're putting out for our clientele for, again, with, with what we show, that's what is essentially going to try and come back to us because what you show is what, what your clients want to see themselves in. Um, and so with these photographers, they're saying, Oh no, I could never do that. I could never be in front of the camera like that. My body is not worthy because it doesn't look like my clients because I don't have that confidence because I don't have these things. So I think we're all semi aware of this in some regard. Um, we, I've seen oh, so many times, Ben, I've seen, I have a curvy bride. How do I pose her? I have a curvy boudoir client. How do I pose her? Well, like a human, cause that's what she is. Um, <laughs> like any other person, <laughs> because that's what she is, is a person. Um, and so these, I think awareness is 100% the first step of recognizing it. And then I think actively taking cues to be inclusive in every single way is the next step. Um, and that can come across in so many, so many ways. Um, and even touching on tokenism, um, and there is, I see that a lot as well. Um, but I do think that there is, there are ways around that because if you are being intentional about then all work that you're creating and not just, Oh, I'm just going to do a styled shoot to have a, um, you know, an interracial couple or a black couple or an Asian couple or a, you know, insert anything here, a gay couple, a, um, an LGBTQ couple, a non-binary couple, um, all of these different things. If you're doing one shoot and that's what you're going to call as inclusive, that's not inclusive. If you are then aware of it and working on being able to be more inclusive in everything from body to all of those other things that I just listed, then that's going to be something that's going to come across as your brand and actually come across as genuine. And it takes that conscious factor and stepping away from a lot of the things um, within the industry that are still going to perpetuate that. Um, I've been pretty vocal in the past um, and again, censored for my points of, I, I don't attend a lot of like bigger conferences anymore because their styled shoots 100% perpetuate thin, white, pretty, big blue eyes for the most part, like not to play into the whole American beauty standard, but into these specific things. And that's what every single styled shoot bride is looking like at a lot of conferences and a lot of things. And I think that even those educators and people who are putting those things on need to be conscious of that. And all of that starts with awareness um, because it's not going to change if the people who are not, who are continuing to, to put these things on, do these things, don't continue to see it themselves as well. Um, yeah. And I think There's actually, awareness is uh, can huge. I, can I, yeah. On this, on this conversation real quick, I just wanted to give people a source or a resource for, um, for education, even in regards to what you were describing as like the tokenism, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, Hey, I did this one thing or, and because we have to take a step, right? Like that yeah. we have to begin moving at some point. And I don't want to be moving in that direction with like guilt and worry. Well, is, am I now using this as a token? I can't do, right. I can't do it right. I can't do it wrong. Damn it. If I do, damn it. If I don't, you know, kind of thing. Um, there's actually, uh, do you know, Dr. Tamaya Colvin? I do know Dr. Tamaya Colvin. I, she is a okay. wonderful human. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. Likewise. So she is holding a class on the, on, let's see here, July 10th. It's going to be the, June 10th. Oh my goodness. June 10th. What month is it? <laughs> it's June. It's already June. Yeah, June okay. So June 10th, uh, which is in two days. So th this is probably going to air afterwards, but that course will be continued to be uh, available. Yes. Shall um, have replays. I've seen that. opening is June 10th. And the course is called, Am I Doing the Work? 
And it is actually just going to be. She describes it as this: an intimate and safe conversation, a intimate and safe conversation with Dr. Tamaya Colvin on how to ensure your photography business is set up to be inclusive, specifically of Black clients. We'll discuss model calls, updating your portfolio, uh, and doing your community work uh, to make a lifeline impact. And I know I've seen her kind of talk about this a little bit, but one of the conversation points is going to be in regards to the portfolio and 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 kind of avoiding that, um, not avoiding, uh, directly moving towards something different than tokenism. It's not like we're just going to avoid it. We're going to move in another direction, yes. right? Uh, so I want to encourage people to check it out. I'll get a link um, to this uh, in the show notes because uh, the, well, let's see if I can actually grab the URL. Yeah, I'll get a link in the show notes. It's a long URL <laughs> um, for everybody. Um, yeah, I can absolutely do that. Um, sorry. Where, where, no, so I, where I, I honestly think that that's so incre- incredibly instrumental to our industry. And, and it really is. There's so much from even let's, let's talk about the photo contest for a second. Um, the winning images that they're showing are continuing to perpetuate or that they were showing were continuing to perpetuate these same standards. And, um, that is, where from the top and leaders in our industry and people who are in education, um, and I mean, yourself included, Ben, and a lot of other people um, who are teaching at these bigger conferences um, and more in-depth conferences. And so these, those things do need to come from the top so that it's less than tokenism, but it's also just, it's changing everything in the fabric of what our industry is. Um, in order to be more inclusive. And is it going to be uncomfortable at first? Yes. Is it going to feel like tokenism at first? Probably. But we need to sit with that uncomfortableness and be able to move forward if we're going to be better in every single way. Because censoring bodies and censoring censoring anything in this is just, you know, so not right in so many ways. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, why? I imagine some people are listening to this, thinking to themselves, why are we talking about this? <laughs> like, I imagine some people are out there being like, come on, guys, this is a photography business. Like, let's right. just talk about photography. I've seen this kind of uh, discussion happening. Can Can I ask you, you know, listen, you're you're traveling around, you've got a gr- widely successful business. Mm-hmm. Um and and so, like, what do you? Why? Why? And I'm not asking this from my perspective. I'm like, it's it's the question I'm trying to pose of of like, why even have this conversation? Why 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 be talking about this right now instead of like, how do we get in clients? What's what's your reason behind that? Because <laughs> this is all tied into getting clients. Um, <laughs> so I truly think that. These are important things that need important conversations that need to happen in our industry. They haven't been happening in, in our industry. Um, and I truly think that this is all your inclusivity is going to bring you more clients. End of story. Like, period. That is what it's gonna be. Um, I mean, I I mean, okay, Ben, speak around this experience because I know that Style and Story is well known for their Indian weddings. And why are you well known for your Indian weddings? We we show a lot of them. We yeah. um yeah, we show a lot of them. We uh are in the community. Um I'm actually in I like I'm like one of the white families in my neighborhood. <laughs> we love oh yeah, I absolutely love the Indian community and um we, we, we represent them well. Absolutely. And you've done your work. You, all of you guys have traditional Indian dress when you're shooting at an Indian wedding. You know, all of these different ceremonies, you know, all of these different things and your inclusivity into that is what speaks volumes. And that is why you guys are known as some of the top wedding photographers in Columbus for Indian weddings. And really, I mean, you guys fly all over and shoot Indian weddings. Do you not? We do. Uh, yeah, we, we make it probably like three times a year. We're, we're out of the state. Um, mostly we don't do it more cause I don't want to do it more. I got a lot of babies at home. Yeah. Carly, I, like the whole destination thing has lost its appeal <laughs> to me. Like, you mean, me you, mean you don't want to take the twins the and be all over the place? Yeah, <laughs> you don't I just want to be in, in Ohio, I just want to be in Ohio photographing weddings. Like that's it. Don't, like leave me here. Right. <laughs> Let but me go home to my babies and my wife. That's one of those things is that you guys have truly put in the work and done the research and done everything like that. 
um, in order to show your inclusivity into the Indian community specifically, um, and you're highly respected for it. And so did it, you know, in the, in the beginning of shooting Indian weddings, did you feel like you were out of place? Possibly, but that's the type of thing is that you've become comfortable with it. It's now second nature. You know these traditions, you know these different things, and you are showing your Indian weddings um, alongside the rest of your brides, and you are showing that inclusivity, and that is something that sets you apart. Um, and I think that people need to understand that in order to gain more clientele, and you do have clientele, and I know that... Um, because because I've been part of the abundance workshop and and we've talked you know money and numbers and different things like that that a lot of those Indian weddings are <clears throat> pardon me are very good money for you guys um, because they are multiple day events and different things like that and so when you are looking at the business aspect of that because of your inclusivity it's bringing you more business and that is something that needs to be said over and over and over again in this industry, um, as well as taking away the thought that it's only going to be, um, you know, upper class white families that are going to have luxury weddings. That's not true um, in any capacity. And so I think that the inclusivity beyond tokenism is something that's going to take work and it's probably going to feel like tokenism at first, um, but it needs to, it needs to happen. Um, and it needs to, in the education spectrum, come from the top down. And Dr. Tamaya Colvin is one of those people who is pushing that. Um, Monique Melton is also pushing that and they are educators in our industry um, and different things like that. So I think that there's so many people who just need to, to sit with the uncomfortableness of the tokenism because at first, because these are the things, truly, these are the motions that are going to bring more business in the long run, because you're opening yourself up to not just one type of bride um, by showing it in your Instagram feed or on your portfolio or in your website. So that's, those are, it, it, it opens up a whole different set of clientele, honestly. Yeah. I was thinking about this as, as, um, even when I asked it, I was like, what, <laughs> like, where's my, what's my answer with that? Like, why am I hosting an episode of the podcast dedicated to this? You know, fully recognizing that there's some people who aren't going to enjoy it. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and I, I think so, um, Samantha Grant, she, she runs, um, a really awesome group. Uh, she's got a Facebook ad course for photographers booked mm -hmm. up ads. I believe it's what it's called or booked up photographers. Anyhow. Um, but she actually asked in her group the question of um, what does success look like in your business? And and if I could express my answer to that, it was actually the same answer that I would give for what does happiness look like for me? Because our lives, at least for myself, my personal life is 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 not disconnected from my business. They are yeah. not two separate things. And I'm not 100%. even a part. I mean, yeah, I guess I was going to say I'm not even a personal brand. I guess at this point, six-figure photography really is just Ben Hartley. It's like, right. <laughs> I guess the episodes are the this podcast called Six Figure Photography with Ben Hartley. So maybe it is a personal <laughs> brand. I digress. What I'm saying is there's no disconnect. And, and so I answered Samantha Grant's question on her group with what happiness looks like for my, or what success looks like for my business is what happiness looks like for me personally, which is this, that I like myself and that I am contributing to others. Mm -hmm. And I think this is why I, uh, this podcast is airing or that I, that these conversations, you know, should be had is because I find that I, I like myself and more, <laughs> more. <laughs> and, and contribute to others. Like that's what happiness is to, for me at least. And it's what happiness is with me personally. It's what happiness is. It's what success is for my business, um, is really defined by those terms. And so maybe that, those would be my thoughts on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think, I just think, I mean, that's a fantastic definition of success and happiness, Ben. And I, and I do agree. And I think, I mean, specifically within Boudoir, I've talked about it being empowering and I've talked about it being different, you know, in that capacity. Um, and, and I would say that I have a similar thought of success. And I think that this inclusion, which is very much so censorship is taking out inclusion. Um, and so I think that that's why this is an important conversation, but I do, I 100% identify with what you're saying that I like myself. Um, and I am, I'm not afraid to be myself. Um, and then on top of that, 
you know, I'm serving others and I'm lifting others up. And that is, it's like the greatest joy in life. Like it's, it truly is. And so I think that, and that needs to be just that statement is inclusive. I lift others up. Others isn't defined by anything. Um, and I think that that's so important, so incredibly important. And, and it is. And so, and it's so funny. I say all the time that like, I never thought I would be as passionate about censorship as I am. <laughs> like I remember in high school studying it in like government and econ and being like, this is why censorship is bad. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, and now I'm like, oh my God, let me post what I want to post. Let me say what I want to say. Let me even just show my body in the ways that I want to. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, because it doesn't fit somebody else's ideal of beauty. And I think that that's where it's just become super passionate for me. I mean, I, I literally have had, like I said, posts reported for, you know, overly sexual content, or this goes against community guidelines. I've had multiple things say, um, even on TikTok, even on different things, this goes against community guidelines. Why does it go against community guidelines? Because I have a butt. Oh my gosh. Do you know how many people that I see? Like, literally dancing with no clothes on on TikTok and things like this. And I'm like, so how am I any different? Oh, right. Because I have a different body type. Um, and that type of censorship is really what is something that's hugely hurting a American people, be the lot of the rest of the world in, in general, just by telling anybody who looks outside of that norm that's perpetuated in media that your body is wrong in some way some way, shape, or form. And your body, your heart, your mind are wrong in some way, some shape, some form. And an inclusivity has to, has to happen in our industry. Um, because it's just, it is, it's continuing to perpetuate itself over and over and over again. And I really do think it's a turnoff to clients. Um, and that's where it comes back in. I, ca I can't even tell you how many people I've had come to me and say, I only would trust you doing a session like this because you actually show curvy women in your work because you actually show that you can edit skin tones to be correct because you actually are showing what my body really looks like because you're not Photoshopping me. You're not thinning me down. You're not taking out these quote unquote imperfections of me um, in order to show me that I'm beautiful and, and, those are powerful statements because those are my clients. Those are my clients saying, Hey, I like myself too. And you're willing to show that. And that's why I'm trusting you with my, this type of session with, with my money, with my, you know, being a client for you. And, and those are all part of just continuing to do the work to include all bodies, all skin tones, all ages. Um, and, and, and all types of different love. And I think that that inclusivity really just needs to ring further in our industry. Yeah. I love it. Carly, this has been, this has been really great. Um, th there's uh, maybe I'll end on this, you know, um, right now the, I, I see the biggest need within this space, um, within people of color. Um, mm -hmm. that's currently Absolutely. like where this conversation is coming from. And what you're talking about is, uh, uh, it's, it's in that same space, just the censorship that we're seeing for people that look differently, yeah. um, have different beliefs. And, um, uh, there's a, a post that I saw, you know, there's, there's a lot of conversation around this. Well, why are we talking? Like, why are we talking about this? But like, yeah, duh, Carly, like, um, we get it, but like, this is, this is what I've heard said. This is not me saying this. Mm -hmm. Right. And I also don't want to take away from a phrase that is really important, which is black lives matter. So Absolutely. I don't want to remove any, um, power in that specific statement. But some people may be thinking to themselves, duh, yeah, all bodies matter, all genders. We get it. It's fine. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, you know, all people matter. All all races matter. Um, all lives matter, right? We, we hear that kind of stuff. Yes. And um, and I've, I've seen this photograph. Uh, you called it a meme, I guess, at this point. Um, that, man, it, it was so important for me to see. It was so impactful, even just for the way that I was raised. Mm -hmm. um, it really... Um, moved me or, or it like it's, it, it allowed it all to really sink in for me, mm -hmm. I guess, in a way. And, and it was a picture of a, of a, a little girl holding a sign and it says this, what we said was that black lives matter. We said black lives matter. We never said only black lives matter. Mm 
-hmm. We know all lives matter. Let me say that again. We said black lives matter. We never said only black lives matter. We know all lives matter. We just need your help with Black Lives Matter for Black Lives Are in Danger. And that really um, nailed it on the head for me in such a succinct, clear way. And in case, you know, maybe you're thinking that right now, or maybe you're curious or you're wondering, um, I think that's why this is important. Um, It's not because, I love it. It's like, we know all lives matter. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We do. We do. But what are we showing from minorities? And what are we showing from from different communities and what, how are we being inclusive? And yeah, you know, yes, we know all lives matter, but it's not, that's not the focus right now. Um, and so, and yeah, I'm sure people, people might listen to what I'm saying and being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show all the things. And then you get all the things. Um, but it truly is. I mean, everything that's happening in the world, in our industry, in everything. And I can say this with some pretty decent assurance. Black women are censored way more than anybody else. Mm. Like 100%. I've watched my friends who are black women be censored more than anybody else because then they get the statistic, oh, you, you know, you're just angry. You're just this. You're, they've been told essentially to sit down and shut up and they are censored so heavily and it drives me insane. Um, and, and I think that there's, there's so much conversation around that as well within censorship. Um, but it's, it's just, it's important to let other people's voices, other people's, other people's literally the, the way that other people look be seen. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really well, what work it comes to do. down to. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to hear actually, uh, um, uh, a female person of color actually get in here and, and for us to have that conversation too and yeah. and hear their perspective on that. Oh, hear I, have, their I have a couple I could send your way. That'd be great, actually. Yeah, I've got yeah. a few in mind as well, but yeah, send them over. Um, Carly, thank you for opening up this conversation, um, for being vulnerable. It's, uh, uh, it's a, a space, uh, of discomfort and, yeah. um, and yet it's a space that I think is, is super important. There's so much uh, for me. Um, hmm, how do I put it? Uh, um, well, it goes to, goes back to the happiness thing. It's like, I, uh, it's liking myself and contributing to others. And, um, and this is one of the best ways that I can contribute right now. Right. So I just appreciate you hanging in this space with me. Car- Carly, where can people find you online? Learn more about um, what you're up to and, and see your work. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I have two Instagrams, um, so, and which I will be working on, you know, continuing to show inclusion in so many different ways, um, more so in my feed and diversifying that as well, because I think that that's something we all need to work on. And I think that we just need to be more conscious of it. So in my main Instagram feed that is for my business, um, you can find me at someplace images, um, in my personal one, that's a little bit more travels and specifically, like I said, using my body as a tool and talking about bodies and the discomfort that comes with, um, being female <laughs> and having uh, a plus size body in a, in a thin centric world. Um, that is going to be at Carly someplace on Instagram. And, um, my website is also someplaceimages.com. Um, for anybody who is female or identifies as female, um, my boudoir group is always open to anybody, um, because it is a, a large community. Um, I generally, I ask if somebody is a photographer that they come in and with the, uh, the fact knowing that it is my client group, it is not a space to discuss photography specifically. Um, or as I've had a couple photographers show up and then decide to give me a critique on my images. No, thank you. Um, in my, in my private group. <laughs> um, so someplace boudoir and glamour, if you are a female or female identifying, um, you're more than welcome to come join our conversation of inclusion on bodies and different things like that there. Um, with again, like the respect knowing that it is my client group, not a photography group, but. Love it. It's awesome. Carly, thank you so much for being here. You're I appreciate so you. welcome, Ben. You're so welcome. Podcast listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. Listen, I would love to hear from you. If you have uh, guest recommendations, I'd love for you to reach out to me 
uh, over on Instagram. You can just DM me there. Just message me. Message me. <laughs> it's one of the easiest ways to connect. Uh, at J Ben Hartley, the letter J at J Ben Hartley uh, on Instagram. I just love to hear from you. Are there? Are, listen. Let's go this route. Let me know who are the photographers or or business experts who you would recommend to be on the show uh, that are people of color that are uh, that are women that are underrepresented that are from the lgbtq community please share them with me until then you guys i will hear uh, listen you'll hear me we'll talk on the next episode of the six figure photography podcast bye now